Coach Edelstein here, your celeb expert and your celeb savant. Celeb Savant is a weekly entertainment show. We have long-form career retrospective type interviews with celebrities, singers, actors, and industry experts. On this episode of Celeb Savant, I'll be speaking to Kevin Sim. He is an English pop singer. He won The Voice UK on the 9th of April 2016. Sim was in the group Liberty X from 2001 until they split in 2007. And he's currently the lead singer of the group Wet Wet Wet. Wet 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 are a Scottish soft rock band formed in 1982. They scored a number of hits in the UK charts and around the world in the 1980s and 1990s. The band is composed of Graham Clark, Neil Mitchell and since 2018 lead vocalist and former Liberty X singer Kevin Sim. The band were named Best British Newcomer at the 1988 Brit Awards. Up next on Celeb Savant, we've got Kevin Sim from Wet Wet Wet. Cool, so this is Celeb Savant, Barrett Ilstein, and today we've got Kevin Sim, who's the lead singer of Wet Wet Wet. How are you? Where do we find you in your world, in the world, and what's happening in your life? Uh, well, I'm currently just at home, just in my little studio. Unfortunately, it's not, not been used a great lot recently because we've been so busy out gigging and stuff and uh, but yeah my kids have just finished school now for the summer so this is like their first day off so yeah it's getting it's, it's getting real busy at the moment but yeah I mean I can't complain it's nice being nice and sunny in the UK recently as well so um yeah just 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 kind of enjoying the summer and enjoying enjoying work and being back to work after the pandemic have you guys also had a heat wave yeah we've had a heat wave yeah but I mean myself and my wife were in Rome uh, for a couple of days so we had we we had it there and it was very very hot there but i know back in the uk it was extremely hot, hot as, well. as well yeah kevin we're going to take it all the way back now to the very 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 beginning of your career in the music industry so you originally auditioned for i believe the talent or the reality show pop stars tell us more about that and what drove you to to do that yeah i mean so pop stars was like the first talent show I guess of its kind in the UK. So it was before the X Factor and mm -hmm. pop stars, all those sort of things. Mm. So at the time, I didn't, none of us knew what it was even about or what it was for. So I was doing a, a summer season, a, a job as, as a singer in Blackpool in the UK. And our boss there had sent us off to do this audition because uh, I was in a, like a boy band in this, in this summer season. So we went to, uh, to London to audition for this, this thing pop stars no idea what it was or anything like that but i ended up getting through and getting through to the last 10 contestants and uh, basically they, they chose five five people that they and they made a band called hearsay mm -hmm. um, and myself and the other four people that didn't didn't make it into the banks i didn't make it into hearsay we kind of stayed friends and shortly afterwards we decided to to make our own group and we called it liberty x so yeah from there on in we sort of um we had a pretty decent career, mm -hmm. about seven or eight years worth of it. Had a number one, won a Brit Award, um, travelled the world. Unfortunately, not South Africa, although we would have loved to do that. <laughs> yeah, so we had a, a really, really good time. The Li Liberty X, the when you were with Liberty X, tell me more about that. So you wrote your own music, you wrote your own songs. What was that creative process like? How was the collaborative process with you guys as a band? Yeah, I mean... It, it's kind of like a misconception, I guess, that all bands, that pop pop groups, you know, that, that sing and dance, you know, don't do anything else. They just they just 
you know, manufactured. And, and mm. a lot of people would still call us manufactured, oh, but you're a manufactured band, but we weren't really because we kind of decided, you know, took it upon ourselves and decided, you know, let's let's be a band for a kid. You know, our circumstances were, were slightly different because mm. we met on a TV show, but from then on in it, it wasn't like that. So when we went to, we had lots of people that, lots of record labels that wanted to sign us. And some of them were just of the, the the opinion that they would get songwriters in to write all the songs and stuff like that. And we'd kind of just be the puppets, I guess. But then we found a record company in V2, which is with Richard Branson. Mm-hmm. And they they really bought into into us doing our own stuff. And we'd actually we'd actually gone to, to V2 with about five songs that we'd we'd written because we got in the studio sort of afterwards. So 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 from then on it it became like yeah we you know we wrote the majority of our own songs there were, there were you know there were obviously a few just a little unfortunately we didn't write but we were very fortunate for that one to come our way. But if you if you kind of went through the albums, ninety ninety five percent I say was was written by ourselves, and you know and, and obviously with it being five singers um writing um and for a lot of us probably our first taste of, of songwriting you know we we kind of there were times where we'd all write as a five together there were times where one of us would go off and do writing sessions on our own with people and collaborate with other uh, co-writers and, and producers and there were times where we'd sort of split into little groups mm. and kind of just happen like that really i suppose you know it's difficult to write as five people mm. i think that's, that's kind of always been a bit too much for me personally. Um, I prefer just working with, you know, maybe one one other person, maybe two mm. at, at the most. But it but it kind of worked out for us, you know what I mean, the way it worked and and everyone was generally happy with what we sort of put on that the albums. We were we were quite democratic as a band. We didn't really fall out a great lot and stuff like that. So yeah, that's kind of how it worked, I guess. And I I must tell you, I loved I love your band Liberty X's music. I've got all your CDs in my collection <laughs> on my wall, so they're really cool tracks, really cool CDs, really cool music. Are you still in touch with the guys from Liberty X? Yeah, I'm, I'm still in touch with the guys. Um, probably not as much as we'd all like to be, but obviously we've we've all got children now. We've all got our own lives. I kind of moved up to the other side of the UK once I got married and had kids and back back up to where I'm from, whereas the rest of the guys are more sort of down London, mm-hmm. which is quite far for, from me. But yeah, um, you know, we, we keep in touch a lot through like, you know, Instagram and stuff like that. And now and again, I speak to Michelle and Tony and the other girls, you know, it's kind of, that's the, the relationship we sort of have at the moment. And the girls actually, they, they go out as the three, as the three girls and they gig around the UK and stuff. So yeah, so it, it it was never like we all fell out and decided not to be a band. We we kind of stayed friends. Um, but like you say, you know, life life kind of gets in the way of a lot of things. I've, my best friend from school, who I've been best friends for thirty years, lives maybe ten minutes from me. Not even ten minutes, and we might see each other three, four times a year okay. because you just you're just busy with life, aren't you? So, um, but yeah, to answer your question, yeah, we're all we're all good friends, and we all we all you know, communicate in one way or the other, you know. What happens now is that life has happened so quickly or is happening so quickly. You think, oh my word, okay, it's morning, afternoon, it's Monday, it's Friday, it's weekend, it's week, it's month, and then six months have gone down the line. It's like, where's it all gone? What's happened? <laughs> it is, it does. That's how it feels. And I think especially when you throw children into the mix as well, because, mm-hmm. because I mean, my, I, you know, my children, I've got two boys, they're eight and ten, 
their kind of life as in like with sporting activities mm. and all these things that come after school just completely take over all of our lives do you know what i mean we we kind of live around their schedule now yep. so you've got school and then you've got all this other stuff so like say all you think about right we've got this on monday we've got this on tuesday and then it, the weekend comes and it's like where did that all go oh. <laughs> moving on to the next phase so you then liberty x you guys went your separate ways and then you were doing more solo stuff and then you entered the voice uk what prompted you to do that you know there was quite quite a big gap between sort of the end of liberty x and, mm. and the voice and in between that sort of time and um, you know i'd had a few disappointments and stuff like with record companies you know trying to do my own stuff and just being messed about and doing some really bad gigs and stuff and you know and, and I guess it comes to the point really where I was 35 or something and I was thinking well, what is this is this it now for me for the rest of my life am I just going to be doing these gigs that I really don't enjoy and, and all this sort of stuff you know and I've got a young family you know I need to do something I need to put myself back out there again and I kind of struggled with my confidence a little bit as well. And I kind of thought, am I actually any good? You know, am I any good? So I thought, well, the only really way to find out is to, to go on something like The Voice, you know, and maybe that'll give me some sort of a profile, you know, if I do all right. But I genuinely, like, originally went on The Voice just with the with a small, um, a small goal, I guess, which was to try and get through the blind auditions at the beginning, you know, try and get a turn. And then I thought, if... If if that happens, then that'll be enough for me. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It'll kind of it will prove to myself that I chose the right thing all those years ago to be a singer, mm -hmm. uh, and hopefully it'll just get me some better gigs. But luckily for me, I went on to to win the whole thing, so that was cool. That process how long is actually the process of the voice is it you know we see it in stages or on the television but how long is the filming process and that whole mechanism behind the scenes what is that like i mean the, the whole filming process i can't even think if i'm honest i mean it must be at least a good sort of five or six months okay maybe maybe slightly less but it's hard to to think back now um, but obviously it's kind of in stages, you know, from the very, very first auditions where no one ever sees anything, yep. you know, because they're not televised, to, to 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 the blind audition, to meeting up with your team and all that, which is once you've gone with the team, then the battles, and then, because that's all pre-recorded. Oh, and then you've got the the next one after the battles, which is pre-recorded, and then you've got the, the live shows, which I think they lasted about two, just over two weeks maybe. So it's quite a long, a long process. But personally, I found it. I actually really enjoyed the whole, the whole experience um, because I didn't. At least in the, you know, after the first, after I got my first, you know, the turns in the blind audition. I mean, that was the scariest experience of my life. But at the same time, the most, probably the most exhilarating. Mm -hmm. You know, once I'd got the turns and stuff. So I kind of just really enjoyed it all. You know, because I thought, well, you know, I'm older than most of the contestants and stuff there there's probably not a great chance that I'm going to win it. So I'm just going to try and enjoy it. So, yep. so I enjoyed it. You know, the people that worked on the show were really, really, really lovely and nice. It wasn't like you hear horror stories about TV shows. It was just a really, a really good experience. 
experience to be quite honest i mean but i would say that because i went on to win it you know <laughs> what i mean so i didn't really have any bad experiences on there <laughs> and did the experience help you with your confidence that i mean naturally must have but did it that conf- confidence that you were lacking pre to joining did it give you that boost to realize okay cool i'm on the right path i'm doing the right thing and give you that extra stamina to keep pushing further yeah i definitely think i definitely think it did i think um there's no doubt yeah i learned a few sort of lessons during that time you know um i kind of like before then i, I think i'd maybe like look back too much on negative things that mm. happened in my career and stuff rather than just focusing on on going forward and focusing on the fact that those negative things had sort of brought me to where I was, you know, and I, and I've had a very, like, I'm very lucky, you know, I've had a great career, you know, when some people wouldn't experience half of what I have. And, you know, I've, I guess I've sort of learned to be grateful for that rather than think, well, why am I, why, why is this not happening for me now? Do you know what I mean? So, um, so now definitely if I start, if I start feeling like, self-conscious or doubting myself I kind of look I can look back into those into into those sort of lessons that I learned and and drag myself out of it whereas sort of before I kind of just let it get to me but yeah I totally feel it's hard not to to get your confidence back when you have that like an outpour when you're on such a big show Mm. and of course you you always with social media and things like that these days you're always going to get people some horrible people who just uh, just want to go on social media just to be just to be horrible to people but the you know 99% of, of the comments and stuff that came from the voice and, and things now you know people follow me and comments mm. on the stuff that I do you know it's, it's hot you, you'd have to be really silly not to to take some positivity yeah. positivity from that so yeah so it's what it's interesting because I, I totally get what you say because often we we get all this positivity but that that sort of I always see that picture of the cartoon with the devil on the shoulder and the angel <laughs> but the devil on the shoulder sometimes is a little bit louder than the yeah, sure. angel and that that negativity that one little negativity or that one little experience overrides all the positivity and when we focus on that negativity it allows it to manifest even more and more and more because we get into that mindset and then we keep creating that same thing over and over again. And your opinion, because obviously when you started out, social media wasn't a thing. Mm. What is your thoughts around social media and the presence that it has in our lives currently? I'll be honest, I'm just really not sure about it all, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah. Because there's, there's, there's sides to it that I really, really enjoy um, and like, you know, but then there's sides that I just think are just so damaging and and, and, and terrible for for people, you know, and I think more so recently, I sort of think, I always felt like Instagram, for example, was like a really, really good platform because it's just putting really na- putting nice pictures on there and mm. stuff and you know, generally, you know, people just seemed a lot nicer on Instagram than than on Twitter, for for, for real. Um, but then it's kind of like got to the point now where Instagram, you can't even, you don't even see people that you follow anymore. You just get suggestions and it's all stuff that you never even asked for in the first yeah. place. So now I'm kind of thinking, well, what is the point in it at all? You know, I don't want to be sort of fed all these things that I think that they, the algorithms think Thanks. that, that I'm going to like. So... I kind of feel like where is it where is it going? It's like kind of a little bit scary. I, I, I was enjoying it when I was seeing what what people that I, I'm interested in following yeah. were posting and stuff. Whereas now it just seems 
I'm just you're just scrolling through it, but you still can't help yourself scrolling through all this stuff that you didn't ask for. And um, so yeah, so you know, I think there's a lot of positive things. Obviously, like as a singer and and as as a member of a band, is it's a positive thing that you know it, you can get things out to people and they can see them, and you don't have to pay to to um, promote loads mm. of stuff. You can do all that sort of stuff and. You can put videos of you singing and stuff and things like that, and it keeps you in maybe people's consciences to a, to a certain extent. But yeah, I mean, there's, but it's a dangerous place at the same time. You know, I've come across a lot of like nasty people and people trying to like impersonate me as uh, you know with fake accounts and stuff, and <laughs> and me hearing from people that they've been messaging girls asking for detail, you know, things like that. Where I think, well, what? Who is this person? Yeah. And what are the what are their motives you know yeah it's real it's kind of scary you know things like that so so yeah i mean i'm I'm still sort of on the fence with it to be honest i mean but i do have an instagram account a a facebook account Mm. and and a a twitter account and i guess like as much as i'd love to just come off them all and just and sack it off i I, kind of don't really because because it's kind of for my job yeah it's it's, it's bizarre really you're right i've been on tiktok and the amount of artists <laughs> who've been messaging me you know it's not them because obviously you guys have the blue tick but then like an impersonator of that person will message me and say oh it's so and so thank you so much for loving my music thank you so much for listening i'm like but i can see it's not you you know it's not that person so and then they carry on talking i was just like ah, whatever <laughs> but yeah, the thing is that other people they don't realize that it's not the other person i don't know how not but they still don't yeah it's his case like i say there's some some strange people in the in this world who maybe usually would just kind of keep to themselves but i guess it gives them i guess sort of like you know these you know these platforms give them kind of like a voice to really sort of do what what the hell they want yeah. really and that's kind of the you know one of the drawbacks i think of, of, of social media but like i say you know there's some extremely positive like things that have come out of social media yep. as well you know with some amazing like humanitarian things and fundraising and, yep. and things like that you know some some real sort of amazing stories that have come out of it so that's why i would kind of say like you know i don't completely denounce it it's, it's i just think it's it's to be used with caution yep. you know maybe you won the voice how did you meet the guys from wet 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 what was the next step in the phase of your journey I guess like my career's kind of like gone a bit like a roller coaster, mm-hmm. you know. I've had some ups and then some downs and then some ups and downs. And I, I'd say like after the voice, I kind of was on another down. Do you know what I mean? It was unfortunately you don't. No one from the Voice UK, as far as the people that have won it, have really gone on to to be you know big pop stars or anything like that. I mean, luckily for me, I'd already been one years yep. and years previous. But but you know, it's it's never quite worked out for one reason or the other. So I was a little bit dejected, to be honest, afterwards. Not because that's what I wanted. It was just, again, treatment by management and and record labels and and such. And by The Voice, to be honest, because they moved TV channels from the BBC to ITV. Okay. So I never got to go back and perform on the the show. Like, the winners always go back and promote their records. So I felt like it was a bit of a kick in the teeth. So I kind of went through a little bit of a dark period, and then I started gigging again and doing all that sort of thing. And then maybe two years later, after I'd won The Voice, I got an email from from Dougie Sooness, who who is the band's manager, just asking if I fancied having a chat. And it was very vague. That's all it kind of said. And I was... I messaged him back. I was like, sure, what, what do you want to have a chat about? 
and he basically just said that the band and, and Marty Pello had, had, had gone the separate ways, but the band wanted to carry on as a band, but they need, needed a new singer. And, you know, would I be interested in going, meeting the guys, go and sing some songs with them and just see, well, first of all, you know, whether we look like we could get on with each other and like yeah. each other. And, and secondly, you know, whether, you know, I enjoyed singing the songs, whether the band liked me singing the songs, whether it all sort of just fit together. So I went to Scotland and I, I sang with the guys for a couple of hours. We kind of just hit it off straight away and just had a really good fun couple of hours in a rehearsal studio and just, just belting the songs out. And then when I was on the train on the way home, I got a call from the guys and they were just basically like, do you, we want you in the band, do, do, do you want to join? So I was like, yeah, of course, that'd be great. So that's kind of how it all came about, really. Um, and that was, what, 2018, I think, the back end of 2018. So, yeah, that's 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 basically how it, how it happened. It was bizarre, really. Bizarre in what way? Was it was unexpected? Yeah, bizarre. And yeah, absolutely. Just in the way that I think, like, the majority of time, you know, 99% of the time, you know, for anyone, I suppose, in, in this sort of industry, whether it be a singer or a dancer or just, just you know, anyone that kind of wants to work in this industry, the majority of the time you're, you're the one looking for things, looking for auditions, looking for opportunities. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one just came completely out of the blue. You know, I was just playing football with my son and I was checking my emails on my phone and it was just, just there. Do you know, I didn't ask for it. I didn't, I didn't want it. I didn't, you know, I didn't, it, it just never crossed my mind. So bizarre in that way, really, you know, that it, it just was something that came to me out of nowhere. What is it like now singing those iconic songs? It's great singing the, the songs. Um, I mean, the, the, uh, another thing that was like kind of bizarre is that when I was bef- before pop stars, before The Voice, all these things, when I was sort of starting out and doing the pubs and the clubs um, in Lancashire, I, I used to sing a couple of Wet 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 songs, so like Goodnight Girl and Love Is All Around. I think they were in my set list for a little while. So bizarre in that way as well, you know, that this band that I'd kind of grown up listening to a little bit had asked me to sort of be their, their lead singer. Yeah, performing the songs is amazing. I mean, we've got a gig this weekend, a festival. We've done a lot of festivals over the summer. They don't, you know, the songs, they don't fail to get people singing along and get people dancing and, and, and whatever else. And, you know, obviously I'm kind of joining the band very late, you know, and, and you kind of think, you know, although... the. <laughs> Although not everyone is is very happy about you know Marty not being the lead singer of the band, generally you know when we do gigs, everyone is just very happy just to hear the songs. So I kind of feel like that's a, a real blessing to be able to sing all those amazing hit songs that people know, because um, it makes my job like so easy. I've just got to turn up and sing them. Do you allow that negativity to come in? your space about people not wanting it to be you and it's because they want Marty or just like okay this is what it is I'm here let's just experience the music enjoy it and let's just go I think um I think like in the in the beginning in the beginning when I first sort of joined the band you know then it was a real sort of split you know there, there were people that were very really really happy just that the band were carrying on as a band with me and then there were some that just were like if it's not Marty it's not where we're where, where. But then I think as time's like gone on, we've certainly proved a lot of people, you know, changed a lot of people's opinions on that. Then there's some people that maybe might turn up to the gig and then come and do, you know, come to a gig or whatever and then um, might go on social media and say, I thought Marty Pello was like the lead singer. What, what's, what's going on? Mm. 
But then that just sort of kind of proves to me, you know, we're four years down the line since I joined the band. And um, surely if anyone is a fan of Wet 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 or Marty, they really should know what the lineup is yeah. now. Do you know what I mean? Because it's because that just proves to me that they, they're not really fans of Marty yeah. or, or the band. So, yeah, I kind of, um, at the first, you know, there were times where it would like, I would become really kind of self-conscious about like, oh, they're going to expect Marty Pello and not me. And But now I kind of just think, sod it. <laughs> you get what you're giving. You, yeah. know what I mean? you know, there's definitely, they definitely could have picked worse people to, a worse, you know, a worse singer to sing the songs, you know what I mean? And I suppose that comes with the confidence of like doing the voice and all yeah. those sort of things that, that make me sort of think now, well, you know what? I might not be Marty Pello, but I'm definitely good enough to sing those songs, you know what I mean? So... Absolutely. And also going through all the experiences of being in those negative spaces and like deciding, okay, cool, negativity here, let it be there. I'm moving forward and just stepping away from it. Yeah, I think, you know, you can only do what you can do, you know, and, and like I say, you, if there's no, there's no way, there, there is, there is no way unless, you know, unless it was a horrendous gig, there is no, there's no way that someone in the right mind who listens to music and appreciates music yeah. would go away from one of our concerts and say that was rubbish. Do you know what I mean? They, they just couldn't. So unless they've got an agenda where yeah. they're just, they're blinded because yeah. they, they love Marty so much that they just couldn't enjoy it. So I kind of just feel, well, as long as I sing well and, and give a good performance, then so be it. If, if, People should have enjoyed it. If they didn't enjoy it, then there's just nothing I can do for them. Yeah. You know and then I mean? they mustn't so, come back. <laughs> yeah, just don't, just don't yeah. bother coming back. Or maybe just, you know, check out, you know, check out the biography of the band yeah. and Marty before you turn up at the gig and just, and just maybe be a better fan. And you know, it's interesting because I, I love going to concerts and I'm one of those people that's always standing up front and I listen to the people around me and they, they know the set list. They know the stage. They know exactly where, where the artist's going to be, where, what, and how. I go without having Googled anything, without having any expectations, without knowing the set list, not knowing what songs are going to be sung. And I'm just enjoying each moment in the moment and experiencing it and having a ball. And then I'm listening to people around me. Oh, oh when are they going to sing this song? When are they going to sing that song? Why haven't they sung that song? Or if, you know, if they haven't researched the playlist yet, yet and then you'll hear them at the end oh there wasn't such a, such a great show because they didn't sing that song because they had an yeah. expectation of that song it's like let go of all the expectations just be present in the moment have fun and enjoy the experience yeah exactly and especially now after like the, the few years we've all been through with the pandemic and everything else you know it really is just a time to just enjoy being out there and, and listening to live music and, and being in a field with 10,000 other people or whatever but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I guess you go back to the social media thing again and, and all that, you know, people back in the day, you know, people used to just turn up to concerts mm. and just enjoy them. Yep. Whereas now it's kind of about having your phone up and, <laughs> and recording it all and, and doing this and that, you know, which can, it's frustrating. I'm the only person in the front row that my phone's in my pocket. I'm just there jamming, dancing, doing my thing. And everyone's around me like, like well, they find trying to get the perfect image or video. And it's like, I'm seeing you in human size, they seeing you through the same size screen as they would be on a TV at home. I'm like, put your freaking cell phones down and just enjoy the concert. It drives me insane. So it, obviously it frustrates you as well. 
Well, it, it's just frustrating sometimes, you know, to be, I think, I don't know, going a bit deeper into yep. things here. And and you know what? I, I'm going to say I, I was actually guilty of doing that same thing. When we went to Rome, we went to what? watch Paolo Nettini because yep. I bought I bought it for my wife and I did take a couple of videos but I was literally short and sweet you know what yeah I mean? but, it's uh, not the whole show you filming no one or two clips happy days but not yeah. the whole thing so I, so I confess I'm a little bit guilty there that was bad but <laughs> but um I think as well a lot of people nowadays this is where social media is is kind of weird a little bit people will go to places now and and they'll do things that they maybe would never have done because they just want that picture yep. or that to tag into that place or whatever else. And I kind of feel concerts have kind of become that, that little bit of a thing as well. It's not about just enjoying it, yep. get, getting wasted, you know, and, and, and whatever else. And just, just letting yourself go for a couple of days. It's now about having loads and loads of pictures and mm. doing all these things that you see all these other people do and all these videos. And like you say, you can't live a gig through through a, a cell phone, yeah. can you? And plus as well, what do you do with all that stuff when you get back? You're just <laughs> like, oh, right, oh. You f then you've run out of memory and it's just deleted them all. So I always think it's always better to have the memories up there yep. rather than on, on, a, on like a hard drive somewhere yep. on a phone that you're never going to revisit again. Music, when you first started out, was CDs, more CDs, cassettes were way before, but CDs and, but now it's these digital platforms. CDs, vinyls, and cassettes are coming back to the forefront again, gratefully, because I love my, I love me a CD. But what are your thoughts on the digital platforms and the way humans, the strange humans, as we call them, <laughs> consume music? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, obviously it's like super convenient, isn't it, to just go on Spotify and, and you know, and I do, I, I do use Spotify a lot. I don't really buy a lot of music these days. So, but I but I definitely welcome the fact, you know, that these things are coming back, you know, vinyl especially like I think is great. I mean, I actually got um a cassette actually about <laughs> the wet 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 album that yeah. we did. So we did like vinyls and cassettes it, and yeah. all that and which is like, you know, weird, you know, like to see it after all these years. But like obviously when I was in Liberty X we still we were around the time where you still had cassettes as well. It was CDs, but they yeah. did still do cassettes. But no, um, CDs. I think CDs are great, but they um, but they just damage a bit too quickly for me, especially with having kids and stuff. Oh, it's okay. Like, I can't I can't imagine having CDs back in my life. They just get absolutely ruined. But the thing that I really miss about you know having like a, an actual like product in my hand rather than the, the digital side of it is I, I used to love just reading like the sleeves yeah. and stuff and you know reading like the dedications and mm. the thank yous and seeing where everything was recorded mm. and who's written what you know and I know you can find out certain things online for you know writers and stuff but I just I, I love that side of yeah. it and the artwork and things like that whereas like artwork now you know if, if you buying something digitally is just like a tiny little thumbnail isn't it yep. so i feel like there's more artistry and you know a more um chance to be artistic with things and um, when you when physical copies were, were more readily sort of available but i think it's a good step that you know that it's coming back because it kind of just proves to me that people are a little bit sick of not having that in their lives well to me for me it's always been there because i still buy my i've got my spotify account because i teach spinning classes in the evenings but what i found is i make create these playlists 
And I go back into that playlist a couple of weeks, a couple of months, a year later, and now songs have gone. It's just disappeared. Whereas I've got the mm. CD. I can always hold it. It's always there. As you said, I open the booklet. I love my, it doesn't get damaged because I'm like, it's like gold. I don't lend it to anyone. It's only in my hands. So, yeah. yeah so I'm so glad that they're making a comeback and, and uh, thriving. I mean, if last year was the first year in 21 years that CD sales had increased, which was great news for me. I was like, yes, they're not going anywhere. <laughs> Do you know what I think as well, as well, you know, from an artist's point of view as well, I mean, it's great for artists because we kind of live in different times now where you don't have to be signed up to a, a massive record label mm. to, to sell your music. And obviously, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're putting your music on Spotify to your fan base, if you're like a smaller sort of act or whatever, yep. you know, and, and everyone goes on Spotify and, and listens to it, you, you're not making any money from it, you know, or at least not any sort of, decent money yeah whereas if you can sell physical copies of your album and stuff from an artist's point of view obviously it's better financially as well so i think that's that's another good reason for it coming out as well your experience of south africa have you been at all no not no when I spoke to Graham, for those guys listening, Graham is the basis of Wet Wet Wet. I chatted with him last year when I was doing the interviews for that 80 show. And so I said to him, and I'm saying it to you as well, when you guys come through, we're going for drinks. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I'd love to come to come South Africa. I think there was talk of it back in the day when I was in Liberty X and, and it didn't quite materialize. Okay. My sister, she's her husband, her parents are from South Africa. Oh, okay. Um, so, um, and then there's Jessica from Liberty X. She's got a place in South Africa, I think, because she's married to Kevin Peterson. So the cricket player. Okay. So they've got like some, some place in like a wildlife reserve. Out oh, there. wow. It's amazing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that would be fantastic. If we get to get, get over there, I'd love to do that. That'd be brilliant. Not if, when. <laughs> yeah, when. Yes. Let's make it happen. Yes. <laughs> and are you recording, are you going to be recording another new album anytime? Are you guys working on new music? Hopefully. I mean, at, at the moment, we're not doing anything mm. because we're just busy gigging and stuff. But I think, obviously, getting to like, next year, when everything's calmed down a little mm. bit, um, we'll probably look at writing some new new tunes, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we I can't remember when we finished the last one. I mean, it was kind of like November last year, yeah. I think, or something like that. So it's kind of, like with anything, it's, it's kind of difficult. I mean, Graham's like, he's, I'm sure he's probably been writing and doing stuff because... You know, that's it, it, his, his children have left the nest. Well, I should I say his son, you know, is he's, 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 he's a man now. So yep. he's kind of got time on his hands, whereas I haven't got that much yeah. time on my hands. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll definitely be doing some some more new stuff in the, in the future. Cool. Now I'm going to be putting you on the spot. I'm asking you, top of mind, no overthinking, your top five favorite songs by other artists. <laughs> oh God. Um, okay. <laughs> Uh, okay, I'd go for Let's Get It On, Marvin Gaye. Okay. I would say, I'd probably say Mr. Blue Sky, ELO. Oh, it's a real tough, tough question, that. Um, You've only got three more. <laughs> um, um, Hotel California by the Eagles. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to miss lights somehow. Yeah, that's for sure. That's okay. Um, that's a point of the game. Just top of mind, <laughs> top of mind. The first things that come to your head. It's really tough. You've got two more. Two more, two more. A Champagne Supernova by Oasis. Okay. And one more, let's think. One more. No, this really is tough. <laughs> I bet you didn't expect it to take this long. Do, do people normally reel these off real quick? Yeah, no. 
Actually not. No. <laughs> it's a hard question. That's why I like it playing this is. game. And then I'd probably go for while while my guitar gently weeps by the Beatles. Wow. Brilliant songs. Our podcast is listened to throughout the world. Final message to our listening audience. Um, I guess I'd just say, you know, I hope everyone's well after the last sort of couple of years that we've all had. Enjoying music, enjoying just just kind of having some sort of normality. Mm-hmm. I, I am aware that, like, you know, different countries are, are still in different phases, like, around the world, you know, but we're pretty fortunate here that life is kind of, pretty much back to normal mm-hmm. to a certain extent. So um, I just hope that, yeah, everyone's keeping well, enjoying music, and yeah, just, just enjoying life. Love it. This is Barrett Edelstein's Lebsavant with Kevin Sim. Kevin, thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. Signing thank you, out. Mate. Thank you so much, Kevin. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. bye.